Welcome to this edition of Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. Our sponsor for this podcast is Trinity Rail, which continues to be your premier provider of integrated rail transportation products and services. From rail car leasing and manufacturing to maintenance parts and much more, Trinity Rail remains ready to deliver targeted solutions to meet any rail transportation requirement. Call Trinity Rail at 1-800-631-4420 or go to trinityrail.com to learn about how the company can help solve today's problems and better prepare you for tomorrow's opportunities. Today, more than ever, Trinity Rail is built to deliver. This is Railway Age Editor-in-Chief William C. Vantuono. Our guest is CN, President and CEO, and Railway Age 2019 Railroader of the Year, J.J. Ruest. So, J.J., thank you once again for joining us on this uh, uh, podcast series. I uh, wanted to touch base with you again. One of the things that really struck me after the uh, second quarter earnings came out, uh, our Wall Street contributing editor, Jason Seidel, Cowan & Company, he said, and I quote, ZN has historically been one of the best-run North American railroads. Your thoughts on that? Well, I know and like uh, Jason, and uh, I agree with Jason. When you look at our track record, we've always been uh, fairly up there in terms of ranking, in terms of whatever way you want to look at it, operating ratio or share price as a multiple of our earning and financial performance. But uh, if you look at more lately where we're at, once we were done with the rail blockade and strike of last year, and we had a shot at uh, you know operating in the same environment as any other class one railroad in North America. We finished the second quarter with the second best operating ratio of the industry at 60.4. I know there's one more result that should come out, but that will we will remain the second best rare, uh, operating ratio. Therefore, we have a better operating ratio than any uh, class one railroad here in um, in the U.S. for the second quarter. And it's a place that we like to be uh, in second position. I think the rail industry in general, but especially true of CN, one of our team is, uh, you know, resiliency. It's part of our culture. We go through whatever that is, right? Major weather issues or a tough winter that we go through from time to time. We had labor disruption. The rail industry has never experienced anything of the like what we do in Canada from time to time in terms of uh, labor disruption. And the rail uh, blockade was sort of a very unique, if you wish, in the history of the rail rail industry in the last two decades. But we go through this with a lot of resiliency, and then we bounce back right after that. We have the bench strength. We're pioneer PSR. We're working on PSR, the next version, meaning bringing a lot of technology and precision schedule railroading. And, uh, you know, of all the railroad, I think we're the ones pushing harder on growth, namely not just organic growth, but also inorganic growth which have to do with uh, getting into business, which are adjacent to the rail network, but in contributing to bring business to the rail network, they themselves are not just pure rail business. Like the entire rail industry now, uh, everyone or every class one at least has had a very challenging second quarter. That's nothing surprising. But moving on, things seem to be looking up. You are uh, starting to recall some employees uh, as, uh, as business warrants. Looking ahead, what do you see as the best opportunities? So we started to recall for short-term innovation. We started to recall the running trade in June when the automotive industry started to restart the, the manufacturing assembly line. 
We are recalling some crews, some running trade in July, and we will be calling some running trade in August. So you have automotive, uh, the lumber industry got better because of housing start renovation, people spending money on their home as opposed to travel overseas. The, uh, the steel market is probably, even though it will be challenges, it's probably heading for slightly better days. Automotive is always has uh, the first place that you look at when the consumers start to spend a little more again or have a higher amount of disposable income going to um, tangible goods or food as opposed to uh, a European trip or uh, sending the kid to, uh, to expensive vacation. So I, I think short term, the, uh, definitely there's a, there's a focus on the recovery. There's a focus on the progressive uh, sequential growth. We are ready for both. We're ready that in, if, if there is a second wave of pandemic, which would uh, slow down the recovery, and that's quite possible, and we don't dismiss that. And uh, we're ready for that in terms of, uh, you know, recreating the safe environment that we've done here back in March and uh, controlling costs very quickly, very drastically. But at the same time, we're ready for uh, a pickup in the economy. Not the same sector, though. I don't think uh, I don't think thermal coal in North America is coming back as a as a mean of producing electricity domestically. I don't think uh, crude rail, even though it's slightly getting better, it will not be back to where it was. So we'll have to, like in, like in past recession, because we are in a recession, leave no doubt, I guess my view is it's confirmed. Uh, as in past recession, when the market comes back, it doesn't quite come back the exact same way as, as it was before. And therefore we are mindful of that in terms of uh, you know, where we're spending our effort, commercial effort, as well as we're going to be spending our uh, capital money. And that capital plan, uh, you've maintained your commitment to it. It's uh, in Canadian dollars, $2.9 billion. I think uh, our suppliers in the industry are quite happy to, to know about that. If you could share some highlights of the plan in terms of the state of good repair and expansion plans. And I'd also like you to touch upon expanding uh, a major purchase of these uh, new High capacity grain hoppers for the uh, for the all important Canadian grain business. So we maintain our capital program that we had announced uh, back in April. We thought it was important to reaffirm that and maintain that. It's part of how you restart an economy. It's part also how you build for the future. The pandemic will come and go. That's not going to last for us. So we want to be ready to be able to capitalize when the next wave of growth come in. And as you know, railroad when a growth when a wave of growth come in. You have to start preparing for it early because you can't catch the tide, uh, you know, with, with only a couple of months' notice if you're not prepared. So the money that we're spending is, you know, the regular maintenance of the cap of the program, doing maintenance, but we're going to save a railroad, a reliable railroad, a railroad does not surprise you. And then we're also investing in capacity. Uh, the rail capacity we're investing is uh, mostly around the Port of Vancouver and the Port of Prince Rupert. In both cases, we have uh, three-way funding which related to uh, national trade court uh, funding between the federal government, CN, and uh, the port authorities. We're also spending capital money on the rail line between Edmonton and the West Coast, especially Rupert. We're adding sites, put more train in the corridor because we do have a growth in the export coal in that corridor, both thermal coal and uh, steel poking coal. We also have growth in that corridor for uh, antimodal, obviously. We have growth in export grain, and we have growth in a propane export. Uh, the price of propane overseas is much more attractive than the price of propane uh, here in North America. 
And then on the grain side, what we've announced is, is in order to buy 1,500 high-capacity short hopper cars because we want them to be built uh, this fall. Most of them, we want to take delivery. We'd like to take delivery about 1,000 of them the first 15 days of January so we can actually use them in the winter service when the demand for uh, grain transportation is very strong and then take the, the following 500 by next summer so that we have the last slice of the 500 for the fall peak of 2021. Uh, the orders will be placed uh, soon. And uh, what's key here is that CN is very bullish about the, the long-term future of Canadian grain export and what these, these, these disinvestment can do for us, our investors, our customers, the grain company, and uh, the farmers in Western Canada in general who depend on long supply chain to get their product market uh, overseas. Two years ago, uh, you had ordered uh, a thousand uh, grain hoppers. I, uh, those are all in service at, at present. Uh, I think eight hundred are in service. Two hundred, uh, two hundred are still upcoming this fall. Mm-hmm. Has that helped you set grain records? What these cars do is uh, they add to the size of the total fleet, and they are more cost-effective because you can actually put more grain per car, more grain per train. We have an improved cost from the farm to the coast with those cars. Uh, also, in Canada, the grain fleet is getting quite old. So part of that is renewing the old fleet. So let's say, let's call it 50 50 50-50, 50% of these, of these new grain capacity Broadly speaking, that we're adding the last two years and be adding the next, next couple of years will be to raise uh, end of life asset. And the other half, broadly speaking, is to actually add to the total capacity. Like we don't scrap an, a car before it's really end of life, but we have a number of cars which are getting near the end of life. So we, we are basically partly renewal you know, as, as a good custodian of uh, making sure we have the supply chain required for even the existing business as well as making the fleet bigger so we could be a custodian of uh, the future need of the Canadian grain industry. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about sports before, about hockey and baseball. Wayne Gretzky, even though the game was moving very, very fast, in his mind, everything was moving in slow motion. That's how he saw it. And that's how he was able to go to where the puck was going to be because he, he could sense it. The parallel here would be when you look at the future or look at the months ahead, you can slow it down so you can actually have to understand it and do something about it. The economy is the same for all. Either the market is good for all, the market is bad for all. But within that market, what are the green shoes that one can exploit early? Can you see it early enough that A, you can do something about it, and B, you, you, you have the time to do whatever you need to do so you can capture it before it come in? Because... I guess it's like grass in the uh, in the African savanna, right? It grows yes. and then it dries out. You're not there when it's when it's green. You might have, might just progress a piece of that. And then recognizing our job is to outperform the market, not just bring earning, which are in line with uh, what the economy does. Our job is to do better than the economy. So producing earning, which are in line with the economy, is not really what our executive job is. We need to outperform. That's it for this edition of Grail Group on Air. Thank you to J.J. Ruest, President and CEO of CN, and to our sponsor, Trinity Rail. This is Railway Age Editor-in-Chief William C. Vantuono. Have a safe day. Music